Welcome to Starting the Conversation, the podcast which uncovers what it really looks like to run a business, show up online and do your own thing. If we haven't been introduced before, hello, my name's Alice. I'm a digital marketing coach based in the UK and I'm also the host of this podcast. There's nothing I enjoy more than talking about the unspoken sides of being an entrepreneur and sitting down in conversation with others who get it. We all know how running a business and being self-employed can very often be a lonely and consuming experience. So it's my intention that these episodes bring a bit of encouragement and community to what you're doing. In today's episode, I'll be sitting down with Linda Blacker to talk all things visual storytelling, collaborating with influencers, creative inspiration and viral content. So if you're ready to discover what the behind the scenes of viral campaigns in collaboration with the likes of Vlogosphere Magazine, 20th Century Fox and Stand Up To Cancer really looks like, then keep on listening. Well, welcome back to the podcast and welcome to episode number 59 of Starting the Conversation. And a huge thank you to all of you who have been so patient and kind whilst the podcast has been a little bit all over the place over the last few weeks. It would be safe to say that things are a little full on over here at Um, I was just about to call myself ABHQ, and I've never referenced myself as that before, but we'll stick with it. Things have been full on over at Alice Benham HQ. We've got the retreat coming up in three weeks, there's a big launch coming up in four weeks, and just generally, it feels like a lot of things have come at once, in the best way possible, of course. But sadly, as someone with limited time and who needs to sleep, when things get full on and my schedule gets full, some things do have to get dropped. And very sadly, often the first thing to go is this podcast. Whilst it is one of my favorite places to show up online and it's one of my favorite sides of my business, it is just something which doesn't always get to be my top priority. But this is gonna change because if you follow me over on Instagram, you might have seen that I am hiring. ABHQ is going from a solo team of one to a duo team of two. And whilst for a long time, it's just been me building this business, it definitely feels like the right time to bring someone on board to just help me keep ongoing and new projects moving, particularly in terms of administrative support and kind of background project management. And I'm really hoping and intending that this role is gonna make a huge impact on this podcast because it's gonna be someone whose sole responsibility is to make this podcast happen. And I know that that's gonna make such a difference. I want to be putting out more episodes, I want them to be better quality, I want to be doing some fun things like live events and live recordings, they're going to be transcribed so you can read them instead of listening to them, there's just going to be a lot of good stuff coming to this podcast as a result of that hire, so keep your eyes out for that, I definitely can't wait, but if you are interested in the sound of that role, it's starting on a freelance and part-time basis, so would be ideal for someone who's already running their own business or working freelance but wants something kind of on the side, then I'll I'll leave a link in the show notes where you can find out more about the job and how to apply. Applications do close in four days. So if you're listening to this podcast in the future, I'm sorry this is irrelevant, but if you're listening to it now and you're interested or you know someone who may be move quick, I'll put the link in the show notes. But on to today's episode because it's one that I am very much excited to share with you and one that I really loved recording. If you're not already familiar with Linda Blacker, I cannot wait for you to listen into this episode and get to know a bit more about what she does. Linda is a 
London-based creative director, photographer, and set designer. She's got an amazingly distinctive style and you've most likely come across her work before. But if you don't recognize her name, pause this episode, jump over to Instagram, type in Linda Blacker and have a scroll because you definitely won't be disappointed and it'll for sure give a bit of context to what we're talking about in this episode. But across the years, Linda's done some amazing stuff. She's collaborated with a ton of influencers and content creators. She's worked with companies like 20th Century Fox, Blogosphere Magazine, Stand Up to Cancer, and she's got an incredibly diverse portfolio, yet her work is still really distinctive and you know it when you see it. She's grown a following of over 100,000 across her social platforms and is continuing to really make waves in the visual storytelling and photographic world. In this episode, I headed to Linda's home in London to have a bit of a chat about all things creative. We covered where her inspiration comes from, how she's developed her own distinctive style, what it looked like for her to build relationships with influencers and content creators, and how collaborations with the likes of Zoella, Casey Neistat, Elle Mills, Naomi Smart has helped to fuel her growth and build her business. We also talked about the process and the work that goes into the beautiful imagery that you see online, and just a good old chat about where her story has been and where she wants to take things. It was such an insightful episode to record and a conversation that I really loved so I can't wait for you to listen in and find out more about this incredibly talented woman so without further ado here is the conversation. So Linda for anyone who's not kind of acquainted with your work or don't follow you online can you give us a bit of an introduction to what you do? So I am a photographer and also I mean without kind of going on I'm I'm a photographer but I'm also a creative director mm-hmm. and a set designer. Love so it. it's like a few bits in one. Multi-hyphenated. Um, yeah, I mean, some some people like you're a visual artist, but I feel like it sounds really pretentious. So I always say that, but I quite like it. Yeah, um, own it. Um, so yeah, I do like all those bits to create photographs. So Amazing. they're a bit more, I guess, jazzy than than other photos because they're all kind of it's yeah. really hard to describe photography it is through words <laughs> I kind of want to I'll probably say in the intro like press pause if they haven't seen your work and yeah, go and look at it because I think it will give a lot of context to what you're talking about like yeah. it's not your everyday like studio yeah, shoot yeah I like it to be different you have a very distinctive style thank would you probably be the like yeah I hope so a... that's that's my biggest compliment if someone says oh that's unique I haven't seen that before then I'm mm. like yes that's what I want that's what I want so I'd love to talk a bit more and kind of find out what your story has looked like Mm -hmm. because I'm sure you know it's easy to look at where someone's at now and think oh my gosh she's amazing look at all that work but I'm sure you look back at the early days and think there was a behind the scenes that people didn't see tell us a bit more about kind of I guess your story to to where you are now um yeah I mean to be honest even now like I can look at something last week and I'm like I don't like it um (laughs) but yeah, so basically when I went to college, um, I don't even remember what year it was. Mm. It's quite depressing, but <laughs> it was when I was obviously 17 and 18. Mm. Um, and I did art, film, photography and history. Mm. And I loved every every subject. Um, and I was going to go to, I was actually going to go to university and do history. Um, but I just changed my mind. I don't know why. I was just like, I'm, I'm out. I didn't want to. I had, I had all the grades. I just didn't. I just didn't feel like the right path. Yeah. Um, which was quite spontaneous to me because I was someone that was very like education and then just do my thing. But I kind of mm. just changed tune in, in college. Um, and then I, after college, I worked as a runner on a film set because I felt like I wanted to be a director. Okay. So I wanted to create stories and, you know, cool stuff. Um, and on the on the set, I mean, it was a, I say set, it was like a really, really low budget. <laughs> like, 
I don't know what was going on. Set would be a compliment. Yeah, but like it was, you know, it was cool at the time. And um, I ended up taking the photos for a lot of people people there. And then it just sort of re- made me realise that I really liked photography. Mm. Um, and that's when I sort of felt like I could be a director, but in still images. So I could do stories, okay. but they're not, mm. you know, moving images. It's like a still image. Mm. And that's basically how I started that. Um in terms of kind of, you know, getting better as a photographer, it was just just constantly shooting and constantly practicing. And mm. um, like even now, this the start of this year, I felt like my work is better than what I was creating last year because mm. something just changed. Yeah, and I feel like you just feel like you do you're shooting stuff and you're like, actually, that's I don't like there's something missing there, and then you mm. develop it. So mm. I feel like I hope you know in five years time I'll look back and I'll be like, oh look, I've got, you know, better. Yeah, and I'll think that now wasn't that's good <laughs> mm. I hope but I think that's really common in creatives mm-hmm. that almost like because something generally takes so long to come out to the world mm-hmm. once it's there you're kind of over it yeah like I when people so. are like once you've shared it to, particularly for me it feels like that project's done I think so I think there's only a, there's a few photographs maybe up to about 10 considering I've taken a lot of photographs mm. that I'm like I still like and I'm still really like yeah. that's still exactly what I would create now if I was recreating it mm. um, but then most of them you're like no I could do that better which is good because if you stop learning and stop wanting to improve then I feel like you won't actually progress anymore yeah and you touched in kind of your first answer about you know even you look back like two weeks ago and think about how you've developed <laughs> since then over your I guess career as a photographer how has your style developed and I guess what's What's influenced that? Um, oh my god, do you know what? <laughs> Some of the first stuff I did, I was actually, I actually found it the other day, and it was, I put a white backdrop up in my dining room mm. and photographed my friend in black and white sitting on a chair, and it, it was, it was pretty bad. But, like, looking at that was really cool. Yeah. I was like, wow, like, now I, because I remember at the time when I first started, I was like, so overwhelmed by, um, all the lighting and all the technical things I needed to learn. And I was just like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be like these photographers that understand all this stuff. Mm. And then it's just not true. Like as you go along, you learn and it doesn't feel like you're learning loads. You're just picking up different things. And then yeah. now someone will be like, oh, you know so much. It's like, it's re- it's just, it's just, it's just what you learn as you go along basically. Mm. So I feel like I understand lighting now. That's key with photography. So my work yeah. has progressed massively in that respect. But also editing. Like, I understand editing so much more and how to get the style I'm after. Mm. Whereas when I started, I'd have this big idea and I'd be like, yeah. And I'd just do whatever I could to get to that idea. And a lot of the time, I'd over-edit mm. to make it more interesting. Whereas now, I know when it doesn't need... I mean, sometimes I can still over-edit and I'm like, no, no, take that back. Yeah. Um, but back then, it was like, I'd do loads of wacky stuff on a picture and I'd be like, yeah, nailed it. Um, whereas now I'm like, I don't need that. Mm. I can just create and it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the more you get to know your style, the more content you are once mm-hmm. you've got a finished piece because you're like, yes, this fits within kind of yeah. the boundaries of what my work is and you're not constantly trying to... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And sometimes you can experiment and do different stuff. But yeah, like I know my style. So it's like, mm. I know what I want. I, I know like... I think before when I first started it wasn't necessarily a strong photograph but the edit was really bold mm. so it got attention yeah even if it was just a bit rubbish mm. but people were like oh colorful um whereas now it's like the photo's strong and the editing strong and then it comes together yeah I feel like that's just what progression is with photography you just mm. get to that point yeah and you touched on there kind of about the impact your work has and it's safe to say when you work with 
I don't know, a YouTuber or a content creator or an influencer, when you look at their feed, the the piece of, of art that they've done with you completely stands out. Oh, thank you. And also in the sense of like the response that photo gets. I kind of, you know, when your work comes to mind, you think of it as almost like viral content. Like it grabs the eye, it tells a story, it's really visually kind of pleasing. Is that something you ever expect? Or when you post something, do you still think, oh, um, how's it going to go down? Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> but um, I think... Do you know what I think? When I first was doing it, I didn't know mm. how they'd be received. Now I tend to know what audiences will like. Okay. Um, so when you're putting something together, you think, oh, yeah, I feel like they'll this like part's this gonna one. whatever. Then, but you never know how how well they're gonna like it. Because sometimes I can do like my most favorite piece ever, and it does really rubbish. And I'm like, mm. well, in terms of likes, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like, but I think with like, so when I did the Hannah Whitten photo shoot, which was like um, a portrait shoot. Um, and Hannah has a stoma, um, a stoma bag, so we did like a really like stripped back um, underwear shoot, and I really, really loved that photo shoot, but when it went, I thought people would like it, but it did so well, like mm. everyone loved it um, so much, and that made me really happy, because I loved creating that, I loved that shoot, and it was a really important message, so yeah, I guess, I don't know, I think I know when I turn someone into a princess... <laughs> which I do a lot um, like a YouTuber into princess or a character like sometimes I can think it's going to do well but then it doesn't quite maybe that audience isn't as into that kind of world mm. most of the time they are but sure. there have been a few people that's like it's not quite right but their audience still appreciate it and they're like oh that's cool and it's different mm. and, but yeah you can kind of you know the ones I feel like you know the YouTubers and the content creators that are going to fit really well with that kind of thing Mm. Um, and then sometimes it's like more of a risk but when it does well it's great but other times it's like well we still created something really cool yeah so yeah do you feel like those collaborations with people who have big audiences and big influences has impacted your kind of growth within your work yeah I think that's pretty much the main reason why I was growing that I grew Mm. Um, because it was like I do. A sh- I transform. I think I remember one of my first shoots I did with a U- with a YouTuber. I ended up because it was the first time the YouTube world had kind of seen what I did because mm. they shared it onto their Instagram at the same time I shared onto my Instagram the portrait, and they'd be like, "Shot by Linda." You know, head over to her Instagram to check mm. it out. And I put in the top line, "Follow me if you want to see more of this." And then I think I got like for my first ever one, I got like seven thousand followers. Wow, which was great. Were you kind of blown away? You didn't? Did you yeah, expect like, that? It was amazing. And <laughs> even now, when I get followers, because like you don't always. Because now I've been seen a lot, I'm not always going to get a big growth spurt sure. from a shoot because they already know they already know what I mm-hmm. do. Because um, like YouTube space, to be fair, if you follow a fair few YouTubers and I photographed a few of them, you're going to know that I photographed them. And if you want to follow me, you probably would have done by now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you get like a little, if I get like. I think a little while ago I got like a few thousand from a shoot and I was like oh my god this is so exciting like mm. it's always exciting yeah I think because there's new people coming over to see your work which is like amazing but yeah I always get like amazed that it happens mm. completely yeah <laughs> and actually that was how I first kind of came to know your work I think it must have been when you first started because I remember those shoots that you're talking about <laughs> that you did at the very start like I remember seeing those and I think it was that I'd seen these like YouTubers that I was following because I think I always grew up like and almost the same, like, you started doing what you did alongside YouTubers growing, mm. alongside this whole thing growing. So it kind of, everyone grew together. And I remember just seeing these really creative shoots that were, like, storytelling. And I was like, oh, they're really interesting. And then I think it clicked. It was like, oh, it's the same photographer. Um, what did it look like for you to kind of get into that world? Because 
I'm sure that like it's very different now if someone wants to collaborate with kind of you know quote-unquote influencers or youtubers mm-hmm. because it's such a big industry but at the time that you started it must have been fairly new concept um I feel like I mean I don't know because I haven't really looked into it really loads but I feel like I was mm-hmm. one of the first people to kind of do that kind of content with YouTubers. I didn't see that many sort of professional photo shoots with YouTubers mm. before then. I mean, I'm sure there was for like brands and stuff, but I didn't see that much. Mm. So I feel like I was one of the first ones to do it. Um, and it was great. I loved it. And it was it was like, but it was kind of like bit by bit because I was, I was funding them myself. So it was like, sure. as I could do it, I would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people did want to shoot with me then and it was easier to get hold of people but now I think because a lot of the YouTubers and influencers know me mm. it's still easy for me to get in touch yeah whereas if I'd perhaps started now and I was like reaching out to people it would be quite difficult because they're mm. probably getting reached out to all the time yeah and they're super busy so I feel like mm. yeah I feel like I've kind of gone up Grow, grow, grown with it which is good yeah otherwise it might be quite difficult and yeah. I think it was the right time for it as well because it now like I feel like there's so many influencers now as well mm. there's like constant new ways of influencers so I feel like it was a good time that I that I did it because it was a time when people were excited about the new this new world of YouTube not that they're not now but there was more excitement kind of around this whole like what's this whole world mm. what's happening and I feel like I yeah. got in at the right point yeah and you kind of got to grow that and has it has it always been instillers that like you have a concept, you think of the person mm-hmm. that it would fit and then you reach out or is it sometimes the other way? What does um, that look like? So I always create the concept and I always have the... So basically I I do... So I create the concept, I'll style the shoot, so I'll pick the clothing and the dresses and everything um, and the setting and yeah, I'll be in charge of everything basically from start to finish mm. in terms of makeup. But with, with content creators... Rather than, like, with models, you can kind of be more kind of like, this is what I want to do. But with content creators, I want to be like, do you like this? Mm. Does this work for you? Because you've got to make sure it kind of fits with what they like. Yeah. Um, And you mentioned earlier that it's, like, important that you think about if it's relevant for their audience and for their message. And it's not just, like, cookie cutter. Oh, here's a a story that I want to tell. Pick a person. It's probably quite intentional. And I think at the start, I didn't... I mean, it fit for a long time. It was hit or miss because I feel like I didn't understand that as much as I do now whereas now I can look at someone's audience mm. and be like okay I feel like they're gonna like this um sometimes a well a lot of the time influencers will reach out and be like oh I'd love to do a shoot with you sometime and I'm like yeah yeah that'd be great and then I think of an idea if I want to like if I can do it soon then I'll think of an idea and we'll sure. do it but also I have to budget for these shoot I pay for these shoots so um for the because they're just for fun and promotion yeah. and stuff so sometimes it will be like, I really like that idea, but I'll have to stay on the, the bad bunny for a mm-hmm. while until like, it's, it's the just right not time to shoot right it. Now. Yeah. Cause sometimes you get such cool ideas and I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. They come to me and I'm like, yeah, but where's the money to pay to do this? <laughs> but some whereas other times when I do like, you know, like the princess shoots, it's, it's easier to accommodate, but the big, sometimes there's big scale ideas. Mm. Um, or, like, there's a group of people that want to shoot with me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know it would fit with them. It'd be, like, a really epic, big-scale shoot, but mm. I'm like, I can't really do that right now. And I'd rather wait a few months than just go and do something just because it's going to do well when it's not actually 
yeah as good as it would have been yeah you want to do it well and kind of wait yeah, for that it's better to and also i don't want to shoot with everyone straight away because otherwise i'm gonna run out of mm. youtubers to work <laughs> with like i don't think you'll ever run out of YouTubers. <laughs> it seems to be a growing industry um you, i'm glad you touched on in there in that <laughs> i'm glad you touched on in your response there about money because I think it's something, it's one of the things that on this podcast I talk about all the time mm-hmm. because I think it's a real side to running a creative business and being in the industry that like just doesn't get talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously there's an, another side to your work which is paid mm-hmm. and probably is your kind of more like bread and butter stuff, I guess, that empowers you to do those more creative shoots. Could you talk to me a bit more about what that side of your work looks like? Because it might be maybe not what people who know of you would know you for Mm -hmm. or immediately kind of connotate with you but obviously it's still a big part of what you do um i think actually like now what i did with the youtubers Mm. i would now get reached out for by like film production or i'll pitch to film production um those kind of photo shoots so i and i get obviously i get paid for them ones so like i promoted um a couple of films for 20th century fox no i think it's a few now um, where like I did for, for example one of them was like promoting the Love Simon film so I turned mm. influences into school characters um, so I feel like doing what I do the creative shoots actually really helps me get work in the influencer oh, brand space because it almost can show them like here's yeah, what she's like, capable of uh-huh. how can we fit that in with our they're basically my own campaigns because mm. it's like a lot of the time so I do like body positive shoots and it'll promote body positivity with three influencers and then it gets a reach of like I don't know a million to across all the channels and then it's like that's like a little mini campaign that I've done mm. and people see that and they're like oh that was really effective and mm. then I usually get you know something comes up that fits with what I've done before yeah I'll get inquiries around that and mm. I can also take those to pitch to companies and be like look this is how successful this was mm. so that's a lot of where my income comes from um and then there's yeah like when I work with I shoot with a magazine called blogosphere a fair amount. A lot of the um, listeners will know of Blogosphere. Yeah, okay, I feel cool. like it's the right kind of industry that like... Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've shot a lot of them, um, which is like more commercial, but it's still influencers. I feel like it's still in that space. Yeah. Um, it's my more commercial side of stuff. Because you did like Casey Neistat, Elle yeah, Mills, like... York. Those um, people are like crazy. Yeah. Like, so that's insane. <laughs> well, I actually knew Elle. I didn't know Casey. Um, oh, I knew of... Well, I kind of knew of Casey Neistat. Because um, I'm not that tuned up on the mm. like different YouTubers, to be honest. Um, it's but, hard to know them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Casey Neistat was was really cool. That bloggers were like, took me to New York and we shot shot that, which was amazing. Um, Elle Mills, I actually knew Elle and I recommended Elle to them, and they were like, "Yeah, really? we love shoot with us." And then I put them in touch. Um, and then because she's based shoot. in Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's really cool. I loved working with Elle. She's amazing. Um, and and then what else have we done? I did Dodi, um, and Megan. Actually, Body Pussy Panda, I met mm. through Blogosphere, and I love Megan. Love her. Um, I mean, I love everyone. I love Dodi as well. <laughs> but, um, but, like, yeah, I met Megan, um, and she's... I kind of... Do you know what? Before Megan, I didn't really think about... I thought, but I've always like you know loved celebrating women, but I never mm. really thought about kind of the rawness of the way that she puts herself out there, and it has influenced my work after photographing her, like, and I've sort of gone on to explore body positivity more, which I'm really passionate about, mm. and like celebrating all different bodies. Yeah, because um, I always celebrated like diversity in terms of you know ethnicity and like women, but I mm. didn't really explore body positivity, so I feel like 
that really set me off on a little journey, mm. which I like. It's really influenced my work. Because you're doing quite a lot of that kind of at the moment. That's quite a strong yeah, feeling in your work, yeah. isn't it? I, lo- I love that. In fact, I've got something. I mean, probably be out by the... I don't know if it'll be out, but it's coming out in February. Yeah, yeah, so probably. probably. Okay. So I did one. <laughs> um, I'm doing one that's called Timeless Beauty, and it's celebrating women over 40. Oh, wow. Um, because it's like, we, they get left out. Like, mm. women over 40, it's just like... At the end of the day, society seemed to have created this like illusion that they're not as beautiful, and I think that's wrong. So I've got some like really like amazing over forty year olds. I've even got like a really beautiful seventy nine year old woman in it. Wow! Um, and so I'm really excited about that. So yeah, I've definitely gone off like a new, but I feel really passionate about it. So mm. I think it's really um, important. And I've worked with people with like what about what with Hannah, which was amazing because obviously she's got her stoma bag. Um, I've worked with Jordan Bone, who is quadriplegic. Um, which basically means you're paralysed from the neck down. Um, and I did a shoot with her, I turned her into a princess, which I loved. Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, I'm really passionate now after kind of exploring diversity. And I think that's really important in photography, putting different people out there because yeah. the, the world doesn't all, it's not all like white, able-bodied people mm. as much as some media want to, yeah. you know, pretend it is. Um, and I think it's really important and I love it. Mm. That's my that's one of my favourite things to do at the moment. Um, it must feel not so nice though to, to play a part in conversations that are so vital I think like I don't know I think it's more eye-opening for me like I feel like I've met so many cool people and it's I think as a photographer I do have a but we have a responsibility to to capture different people Mm. you know and I think that I think that's really important I think I'm still learning and growing in that space um Mm. but also it'd be so boring if I was just photographing the same kind of people like who who wants to see that I think you know yeah we need to see all the different kind of people in the world Mm. which I like um, but I think that's what makes your work stand out is this there's such a story to everything and there's such a message to it mm-hmm. and it is I love I so. kind of when you're talking about your story that like it came from you almost loving the impact of film but not wanting to do it in that context yeah. and it was like oh maybe I can do that through yeah. photo and it, it's probably you know inspiring for people to realize like oh photo doesn't have to be this really flat like just you know appreciating beauty type thing mm-hmm. like it can tell a story and it can yeah i think there's like so play many, a part in a campaign especially if you think about paintings what paintings do so it's like why can't photographs do mm. the same kind of mm. thing um i feel like i'm still developing my storytelling skills i feel like it's getting better but like there's still things that i have like in my head i'm like i want to get to that level of storytelling mm. so i'm like progressing slowly yeah. up there <laughs> there's always the next thing yeah. isn't there when you're creative um, I feel like I just went on a massive tangent away from like the blog we were talking about no, you're fine blogosphere. and then and what else did I, what was we talking about we were talking about the different kinds of photography I do and how I earn money yeah yeah but I can ask so, you a good question off the yeah. back of that because it I'm sure I always talk to people like yourself and kind of say you know you've had this amazing career or there must be so highlights and you can tell there's almost that like recoiling of like oh because it doesn't always feel that when it's for you but yeah I feel like you don't ever see it like that yeah but kind of looking the outside in I mean you've worked on some like huge campaigns with huge brands and yeah. with some amazing like content creators and influencers has was there like a moment for you like a campaign or a shoot or a person where you were like this is a standout like um, in this in this journey I think the first time was with 20th Century Fox when I did a campaign for Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, mm-hmm. which is promote the the film Jim Burton, and that was with influencers. Um, and it was the first time I had like a really big budget, so I got to like, I got to like build a set, and I got to get stylists in to make some make clothes, and I got to basically direct a big big photo shoot for the first time mm. for, for a client. Um, I think it was like two and a half years ago now. 
I think. Um, and I Was think, that the shoot where you had, it was Carrie Fletcher? Yeah. Who was the girl, was, like the fighting uh-huh. girl? Yeah, there was like 11 influencers in it and I got to cast them and wow. that was probably the first time I got kind of a big job that was like my kind of thing. Mm. Um, and I think, and it had to get, you know, it has to get, when you do stuff like that, it has to get signed off by the people that make the films. Um, and like, yeah, it was just, that was the cool moment. I was like, yes, like this is cool. Yeah. Um, and I felt that was a turning point because it made me understand like what I was capable of in terms of like production and mm. prepping these shoots. Cause a lot of work goes into that. Like, cause I do it all myself. So I do like the budget, budget managing, um, organizing the studio, creating the schedule for the day, mm. organizing the team, the makeup artist, stylist, you know, organizing, make sure the costumes being made right to, the, to what I want, checking the materials. So mm. all of that stuff was it was a lot of work. And then I've got to do the post production, blah blah blah. Um, so that was like my first massive job. That I was like, yeah, this is cool. Mm. Um, Must be so nice when the brand gives you as the creative freedom. Yeah. Like they just trust you and they just say, look, here's the concept. Take it. Yeah, I feel like with. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of photographers say that to me, but I think because my work's always been quite wacky, mm. if they don't want me to do the creative, they usually won't come to me, if that makes sense. So I've yeah, always had that. that creative freedom with jobs, unless it's like, you know, when you get you do your bread and butter jobs, mm-hmm. there's not really any need for the creative freedom because mm. I'm just shooting away and it's just, it's just everyday stuff that I need to get to get money. Yeah. Um, which, because like when I, like a few years I think I stopped like two three years ago now but I used to do um um property photography mm-hmm. so I would like shoot properties just for like in the week when mm-hmm. I wasn't doing my like creative stuff yeah just to get me get my money so that was mm. that's a good bread that's a good bread butter in the photography world I'd yeah. say yeah so where was, I, where was I even going there you know how to make a room look bigger than it actually is yeah do you know photograph. what there's nothing I dislike more because of my past history with property photography when I see estate agents taking the photos and they use this massive wide angle lens and I'm like no that's BS <laughs> I hate that so yeah it's um, giving you a perspective on things so I would say that yeah I say that 20th Century Fox one was it wasn't actually the first it was the second one because one before that was for Vodafone and I did a, a Halloween campaign for them but there was like about the Fox one because I've always loved film and film mm. production companies the people I don't want to work with so I feel like doing that was like the moment mm. and I think the next time I feel as good as that I think will be when I'm working with talent on films because that's okay. like my, I want to get to the level where I'm working with like the talent mm. in films and like the actual stars and stuff so I feel like that'll be my next moment one day <laughs> I love that it's always you know it's always nice to have you know, where you yeah, want to be. Yeah, you have to have your goals, 100%. I'd be really curious to know, because you've worked with some people that for a lot of people listening will be like, they're idols or mm-hmm. people that they really, really look up to or find creative inspiration from. I mean, I know you've done like ongoing work with like Zoe Sugg and like Joe Sugg and that I whole did world. did calendar, that was cool. That's so cool. I'd love to know, do you ever find yourself like somewhat starstruck or a bit like, am I in a room with this person or have you done it so much that it's kind of they're just Um, normal people to you I mean if I'm really really honest I never grew up watching YouTube Mm. and I never was like a YouTube avid fan yeah so when I started reaching out to these people I wasn't it wasn't from a perspective of oh I love their content not that I don't you know they're all they're all great and they're all really cool creators um but I never had that feeling of how exciting it was more like oh this is so cool that I'm shooting for someone like Zoella because she's obviously mm. done so much 
you know, she's got her, it was, I was shooting a calendar for Joe and, and so on, and they're both so cool and they're both doing great things. So it was more like, oh, I'm really proud to have you been admire, picked for this, like, this shoot rather yeah. than, oh my God, it's so well yeah. like, I wasn't like, <laughs> and I guess if you're like that, you can't do your job because yeah, you're not. I don't get, I, to be honest, I'll be really honest, I don't get that love with anyone. Mm. Like, uh, even like people were like, oh, I can't believe you worked with Casey Nice. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like because not because I think I'm like amazing, but because I just mm. it's just a person. Yeah. And that's that's what my dad always said to me. He was like, they're just people, and I was like, yeah, they're just everyone's just a person. Like that's how I view everything. Mm. Then the only person I ever be like that with, it's probably three people. Okay, it's like there's <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. because he's Iron Man. Sure. Okay. Understandable, hundred <laughs> percent. There's Bruno Mars because I, he's been my favorite since I was like eighteen, and then there's BTS. Nice. K-pop band. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Like, <laughs> now, that's your three. But if I did work with them, I'd completely hide that. Yeah, I would. I guess there's, it's there's that no professionalism, isn't it? Yeah, because like, but because like, oh, at the end of the day, how I see every person I work with is we're all just floating on a planet mm. in the middle of space. Mm. When we're we're all unimportant if we're really yeah. honest. So I don't really care. <laughs> this is, it's like whenever you're in an airplane and you look down and you're like, my life is so irrelevant. Yeah, like, like <laughs> seriously, like there's like how many stars? There's like three hundred. Bit, what was it? I read the other day, it was like, um, I think it was like, like, we're one, our sun is one of like a hundred billion, and then our galaxy is one of a hundred billion billion or something ridiculous. And I was just like, yeah, we are nothing. I was like, I don't care about anything. I don't care about anything. Yeah, so I don't get starstruck. That's kind of like, as long as I'm doing a good job and that's all that matters, and they, they like what I've created, and then I'm really proud of being asked to do it as nice. deliver. and I'm sure Just they appreciate that I've got yeah. um a couple of my clients are travel bloggers and I'm always fascinated whenever I'm like with them in public how they're treated by people that mm-hmm. know them and whenever I see it I just think I don't envy being in that position mm-hmm. maybe it's a different personality trait but to me I think there's nothing I'd love more if I was in that position to just have someone treat me like a normal person and yeah, just act I guess so. not professionally but just you know like it's human to human rather than this weird pedestal of yeah, yeah, I think I actually find it really weird. I think I think celebrity celebrity culture is really weird. Mm. I've always found it weird when I see people screaming at a celebrity. They're like, I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> like, I just find like, it all very weird. I'll never understand it. Mm. Um, and I just think I think most people, unless they're extremely egotistical, <laughs> which there are obviously a lot of celebrities out there. Like, True. you know, there's always going to be egotistical celebrities. I feel like most people just want to have normal chats with people. And, mm. and I think most YouTubers say that they're like, you know, there's just that yeah. they just like talking to people and they appreciate I think a lot of people say they appreciate it more when so when I go to there's a there's a place called Summer in the Sea which mm-hmm. is like an event for YouTubers and when I go and people that know my work come up to me I love it when people talk about my photography and they want to chat about their work mm. um, rather than people coming up for for photos because it's like I mean I still like that but like it's so much nicer for people so I imagine like you know when it's a YouTuber that's got millions of followers which is mm. like a whole other level they must be like just taking photos must be not that exciting anymore. It's yeah. Like just, you know, let's have chats. I think, not that they can have chats with that many people. But, yeah. but that's yeah. the bit that I guess they enjoy about it. Yeah. Um, we've gone on a total tangent. Yeah, where, where are we at? <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to title this. Um, <laughs> but you've kind of touched on a few times, like how much is involved with your work. Mm-hmm. And I think hopefully at this point, people, if they don't already know your work, will have gone to your Instagram and seen that like, it's a work of art. Like it's not just a oh, photo. Thanks. Can you tell, like, from concept to, like, final image, what is that process? Because I'm sure there's so much that people would be like, I can't believe it's that much time or we put that much work into it. But from what you've said, it sounds like it's yeah. a process. I think there's a few different types of shoots. So you have the ones, like the big campaigns where I'm building sets. Mm. So they can take about 
four weeks of prep you know so I'm designing a set and I build the set and I will have to like so there's some bits I'll make myself but most of the time I'm ordering stuff in Mm. to kind of place it all together Mm. um and that part is that's a hard part because you have to organize stuff do the measurements and all that and uh, budget manage um and then you have to think about the outfits um and what you're actually shooting and you have to pre-plan everything so ones like that are probably the biggest prep because you're almost a project manager as much as you are a photographer in that situation yeah i think i am i think that is what yeah i would call Mm. it um I think so. <laughs> but yeah, so I do all, all of that. So that. Those ones are really lengthy prep. The shoot is usually a day and then post-production can be mm. a, f- a few days. Um, so those ones, they're a lot of work. But then you have ones where I'm like shooting, say, say the one with Hannah Witten where it's just like, like a stripped back underwear shoot. It's less prep. I, prep. I like prep it. Maybe I'll spend a day on planning the idea, booking mm. a studio. Um, and then I'll shoot it and then I'll edit it. And it's... You know, it's not like I'm not doing a big fantasy mm. edit. It's just Hannah add, adding, you know, maybe playing with the colours a little bit. And mm. it's pretty pretty chilled. So that's an easier one. And then you have my ones where I'm like, my fantasy ones I put on Instagram, which are just me creating kind of different characters mm. um, or, or stuff like that. Those ones can vary. Um, sometimes a prep can take a little bit of time um, or it can take a lot of time. And then I'm shooting it and then... Yeah, that those ones like it really, it really depends on the, like what my idea is, how long it takes me to shoot it. Sometimes they can be easy to shoot. Sometimes they can take a long time to shoot. And then the editing again is usually the long. I find it's the longest part. Yeah. Um, like for example, I've I'm, at the moment I'm doing a series called. Um, well, it's like I'm recreating Renaissance paintings. Okay. Yeah, I think I saw one today. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was that one was the birth of Venus, mm-hmm. which is also known as you know. Aphrodite mm-hmm. um but I think it's like the, the Roman and Greek uh, version of each other but um so I did the birth of Venus and I did the last supper and that's a self-portrait and that last supper was like 13 versions of me or is it 14 I can't remember that's terrible but I don't I don't know because <laughs> uh, it's a recreation of Leonardo da Vinci's I think it's 13 yeah because it's or like have Jesus and 12 disciples so yeah yeah so it's 13, so yeah, 13. yeah okay cool <laughs> so it's 13 um I hope it is 13 because we just confirmed that <laughs> no for sure um so so I had to shoot shoot that many different versions of myself mm-hmm. and you don't just get it with one snap you've got to keep doing it to get the yeah. right shot and then I had to put them all together and I have to cut them out of where like of a, mm-hmm. of a white backdrop and you don't just press a button like people are like you know that's not how it works you have to get right in there <laughs> it's not like with... paint when you're in primary no. school where you just like drag and drop there is things. like a magic there's called a magic wand and you select an area and it will select it for you but it, it's so messy and it always you have to get in and get like the details around the hair so mm. that took forever and then I placed it onto a, a landscape I shot in Italy so that was like I think it was like a nine hour edit Gosh. so it took two hours to shoot and nine hours to edit and the one yesterday that I put up yesterday um, I actually shot, well, it won't be yesterday, it'll be like a few months back when this comes out, but I shot it on the Saturday and Saturday evening, and then I edited all day, I think about nine hours on the Sunday. Gosh. So those <laughs> ones are like ones that take two hours to shoot, but they're nine hours in editing. Yeah. So like every single shoot is totally different, mm. but every single shoot takes time. <laughs> and are you a perfectionist? Yeah, 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 for sure. And like if I feel like something's not working, I'll just be really sad. <laughs> I'll just be like, oh. <laughs> Um, and also, but I also like people's opinions, so I'll go and show my boyfriend, and then I'll show 
Nikki, who's his twin. <laughs> and then I'll be like, I'll send to my friends and be like, guys. And then I'll base it on people's reactions. If they're like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. Then I'm like, yes. If they're like, oh yeah, cool. I'm like, it's terrible. Because <laughs> I feel like it has to have a reaction where they're excited by it. Yeah. Even though they're not going to be excited by it. Because mm-hmm. then they're like, they, well, you know, they're not always going to be excited by what I'm saying I create. Mm. But I just, I really base their reactions yeah. on whether it's there. But to not. me, that that's the kind of common denominator in viral content and content that's really visual is that instant response of like like it's when you're scrolling it needs to stand out at you and it yeah. needs to have that instant impact so actually that's probably the most important part of the process is to like okay does it have that almost like yeah. not wow factor but the element which makes exactly. it stand out if it's just like if they're like oh yeah it's good then I'm like oh is it you know just like my other stuff or is it like stand out mm. which it has to do mm. and if it doesn't stand out then I'm like mm. Maybe it's not as good as I thought it was. Oh, whatever. Or maybe it's not right. Yeah. So. And then you tweak it. For but then that. sometimes some of the stuff that is my, what I think is technically my best, it might not do that well on Instagram. And that's because Instagram is literally designed to be viewed on a phone. So if you've got something mm. with a lot of detail in and it's going to look amazing if it was blown up, it mm. doesn't mean it's not a good photo. It's just mm. when it's gone on Instagram, it can't be as appreciated as it would be if it was big. If someone's driving past yeah. it on a billboard, they might be like, wow. But on Instagram screen, it's like, yeah, it's cool. But they can't see the details. They mm. can't see everything. So they're just like, it's just another photo. And do you find that okay? Like not basing your value or like success as a creative off like social media likes? Or um, I do or think it's hard. Like I think it's important. I always say I don't. But at the same time, when you put a photo up that you've put loads of time and you think it's one of your best and it doesn't do well, you're like, mm. you can't help but question whether it is your best. Yeah. But then I'm like... I, I know that's not always a factor because there's some incredible eyes that don't have a following at all. Mm. And, you know, if it was all down to that, then they would have massive following. So I think sometimes you... What I've, what I've learned is that there's photos that you create that you still love and they're still, like, you know, they're still true to what you do, but they are designed to do well mm. Insta. And then there's ones that you know is really good and you love it and you've done your best, but it may not do as well as you thought it would. Mm. But that's what I thought would happen with the Last Supper one, but it actually did really well. Mm. But I thought, because it's so far away, yeah. it's probably not good as well, but I was like, I'm really proud of it, and I'm going to put it online. And it so happened that it did do well, mm. but, I, but I've but i done stuff similar to that before that hasn't done well, because it's far away, and it's like mm. a landscape, and you can't really see the details as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think you, if you've got the intention of, you know, wanting to create, be seen, then you have to kind of work out what's mm. what does well. But and you get to know as a creative, like, okay, that factor in that image made it go well. And I think if yeah. you can pick it apart that way, it doesn't feel as, mm-hmm. like, personal or it doesn't feel as, like, yeah, and I emotional. Think, yeah, I, I agree. And I think but I think also it's really important if you're a photographer, because in the end I'm a photographer rather than someone that's creating content for mm. online. Like, my work goes online. But if I then started catering my work to just what does well online, I think I wouldn't be true to myself as a photographer. Mm. Um, so I think if you're a business that's not creative, it's good to be be like that. But if you're creative, like, I don't... I think it's good to have those stuff that you know is going to do real well, but also stay yeah. true to your work and, you know, and create your own stuff that you like because mm. you just... You have to. Yeah. Like so as a creative, I know this is probably a hard question to answer, but it's something that I'm really curious about because all of your work is so distinctive, but it's not distinctive in the sense that, you know, it all looks the same. Every single campaign and every single piece has like a completely different like feel to it and Thank message you. and story. Where does your inspiration come from? Because I can imagine <laughs> it's hard when something starts as like a real passion project and is now your job. Yeah. There's kind of an autonomy to that where um, you have to keep that kind of creativity I guess within it. I think 
I think you have like up like so basically I was thinking about this the other day actually sometimes I just get random ideas but they just pop up or I can watch a really beautiful film and I'm like yeah okay I've got an idea from that because something just pops Mm. into your head music used to be my like and it still is if I listen to a really powerful piece of music I can visualise a scene like almost like you know when you kind of like you listen to music and you sort of see a music video in your head and you're Mm. like in it right yeah (laughs) it's kind of like that but I see it as a photo shoot okay um but I think, like, I was thinking about this the other day, and if if you look at my Instagram, right, from January, and you look at it just before, like, maybe just the end of December included, I was really focused on who I was photographing mm. and sort of getting an impact. And I've sort of forgot a little bit about what I love the most, which is imagination mm. and... The storytelling of which it. Which is what I, which I really love. Um, and I've sort of over Christmas I was like because I just did I just did a shoot with Cherry Wallace which was a Harry Potter shoot and it felt like I'd got that magical kind of thing back and then I was like I feel like I need to go back into the fantastical stuff at the same time of trying to make an impact Mm. um and at first I was like really sad I was like oh have I lost my like magic (laughs) to the, the ideas and yeah. I was like no like because this is all part of the process you've got mm. I've gone through I was enjoying it at the time but that's led me to this point and now I'm gonna and now with my work like if you look on my Instagram it's like from that point it's gone really fantastical again and really like yeah. what I want and I'm so much happier because I'm like that is exactly the content I want to create mm. and don't get me wrong last year I was creating content I wanted to create but it just I felt like something was missing yeah looking back and now I'm like okay now I can do such shots like what I've done last year with like you know some portraits in it that are more simplified, but I know at the same time I'm doing my other fantastical stuff, so mm. it's like feels better. Yeah, but I think that's what being a creative is. It's evolving, like mm-hmm. it's never linear. Yeah, and it's so nice to look back and be like, oh, that's when we kind of took that turn that way, mm. and that's when I learned that that thing really worked. But yeah. then I took another turn and realized that didn't work, and kind of almost the more you try, the more you fail yeah. and succeed, the more you almost piece together like, okay, this is. This is what mm-hmm. I love, which actually feeds me really nicely into, um, I guess, my final question for you. I feel like I could ask you, like, there's so many questions I didn't <laughs> ask you. Because <laughs> I talk a lot. I do ramble. <laughs> no, it's good. It's all good stuff. Um, I know it's probably hard because you maybe don't always know what kind of campaigns are going to come your way or how your work's going to go. But what do you feel is next for you and, and so, your work? I don't know how long it's going to take, but my <laughs> goal is to work with talent from films not not just info i love working with influencers and i hope i'm mm-hmm. always working with influencers but i also want to be working with talent in film in music and that is my next goal that's what i'm working towards and I it's not that. easy to break don't get me wrong <laughs> it's not easy but i'm pushing towards it and mm. and there'll be lots of setbacks and stuff but once you get once you i find once you get someone that's like very well known then you usually like Okay, you can usually yeah. kind of, it kind of goes well from that's there. kind of what it looked like for you to be in the content creating yeah, YouTube exactly. world like you start and it snowballed uh-huh. and then they knew you and it was easier so it's that's what that foot in the door I guess isn't it so I think business wise that's my goal the kind of people mm. I want to get um, which obviously is quite a big goal but whatever big goals and <laughs> going for it <laughs> would there be someone for you that you would be like like that talent is that's that like, I'm not going to lie it's BTS <laughs> <laughs> because they're visual they're so visually like interesting like mm. they, they they all their photo shoots all their videos and their music is very creative and it's very much what i love that culture is so yeah. like color and imagination exactly. and creativity. so it fits very nicely so i hope yeah i'd love to and musicians in general i'd like to work with um but 
as long as I can do my creative stuff, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to just be someone that's like doing portraits of, but just because they're famous. Like I don't care. Sure. Like it's got to be. That's my fo- the photo's amazing, but that person's in it. Like, yeah. That's what I. That's my goal. Like in life, to get to the point where mm. it's like. You know, people are amazed by the picture, not just the subject. I feel like yeah. that's, that's really important. Um, and creatively, I just want to... I think my, I think I just want more... When I look at my work, I think I just want more, like... I don't know how to explain it. It's like <laughs> I want more details in an image. Like, cause that's what I've been working towards. Like, okay. more little things in the image that maybe you didn't notice the first time. And it's like, there's just so... Rather than just, this is a subject, this is the setting, like... I want more immediate storytelling. Okay. Which is kind of what I've been getting into this in like this this year. Mm. Um, and I just want that to get better and just to get more like scenes and more like amazing characters and different things going on images. I just mm. want to develop that and just get better at that. Mm. Um, and I can see in my head what I want it to be like. Yeah. So I feel like that will grow. And also the more like the more money I have, so you know, if I get successful like the more successful I get, the more money I can make. That actually means I can put more in budget and more in mm. like, because sometimes you do have to have a budget to create the ideas that I have in my head. And so the more I can build up my business, mm. the more I can put that money into the like, cause I don't really think about earning money. Like <laughs> I don't even think about that side of stuff. Like even though obviously we all you do create to create. To, I'm like, Oh, I just want to like earn that much. So then I can like go and do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so that's what I think. I think if I can build up my business more, even more and like put more money into ideas I can go bigger scale my ideas mm. and then I can have more big scenes because I have a lot in my head that I want to get created so that's my goal creatively I love that I can't mm. wait to see your k-pop shoots you're gonna break <laughs> oh, into the will world will it ever happen I don't know but <laughs> oh, I hope Linda so. when I see it I'll be so excited because I'll know how much it'll mean to you <laughs> I feel like she's been waiting for years for this um where can people find you online and have a nosy at work? Uh, uh, Instagram. It is instagram.com slash Linda Blacker. So at Linda Blacker on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and Twitter, I'm at Linda Blacker there. And nice. then my website is lindablacker.co.uk. So I'm vain. You're everywhere. <laughs> myself, yeah. Easy branding in that sense, <laughs> yeah. though. Thank you so much for joining me and for, for sharing Thanks for having me. your story and your process and everything. Yeah, I had lots of fun. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found that conversation as interesting and inspiring as I did. You can head over to the show notes at alicebernon.co.uk forward slash Linda to get connected with everything Linda does and keep up to date with her work. I'll also leave a link in the show notes to the job description I talked about and how to apply if you're interested or know someone who may be. I'll be back soon with a solo episode, but until then, come and connect with me over on Instagram because I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode and I love to know when you're tuning in. It really does make my day to know that there are people and stories and a real impact behind the numbers. So come and connect with me over there and I'll see you next episode.